0: (laughs) 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 this podcast series leverages the beauty and richness of culture diversity and highlights the many stories that make up western sydney we want to break through the stereotypes of what it means to be australian and celebrate the strengths and uniqueness of our vibrant
1: thriving community This is same, same, different. This is us in Sydney.
0: Share your journey. Tell your story. Speak your mind. Find your voice.
2: I when Axel quite sweetly croons my thoughts. Why don't you just speak off? <laughs> oh,
1: bless <laughs> you. I I'm just love it. Bless. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We're so excited to have you with us today. Fabulous.
0: Yes, Tanya, and I know that you're doing a lot with Western Sydney MRC itself, with the Refugee Youth Mentoring Program, which I'm a part of. I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And also, I only learnt today that you are also a little romance novelist.
1: Ooh, Um, aspiring. No, you know what? If you're right, then you are a writer. I'm a writer, yeah. In terms
0: of novelist, aspiring writer, oh yeah, I'm there.
1: I'm there. That's that's amazing. So
0: obviously you wanted to explore about them both, but let's just start with you. How did you get into where you are right now? Tell me about yourself, growing up, everything.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. That was a long time ago. Which I'm only just saying to embrace the fact that it was a long time ago. So, I grew up in um, a smallish country town called Tamworth, which is kind of in the middle of New South Wales. Rachel's making funny faces at me. Are you from Tamworth? (laughs) No,
0: my partner's from Tamworth. I love that. My friends are from Tamworth, Tamworth,
2: yeah. Everyone's from Tamworth. And I always say, so that's the capital of country music in this country, which is why I love heavy metal. Me too. It's shaped me. Absolutely. I grew up there in a typical family unit, mum, dad and a couple of siblings, went to school, got to the end of high school and realised I'm in a small country town, might need to vacate. <laughs> so I moved to Sydney to study and spent a couple of years trying to figure out what I wanted to do and eventually settled on community welfare because I realised I had a real passion for social justice. And it took me a while to figure that out, but now I'm very clear, social justice.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's amazing. I want to ask about two things, but I'll start with obviously... When you came from the small town of Tamworth mm-hmm. to Sydney, what were the challenges that you faced and what was great for you and what was also not so great for you? So, the first thing for me was
2: I finally understood the song Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <I'm not bad. laughs> It made a lot of sense to me because I actually flew into Bankstown Airport oh, of and got out in Bankstown. <laughs>
1: so I was like, I, no,
2: what has happened to you? <laughs> I love it. <that. laughs> so that was the first challenge and coming from somewhere where I knew everyone and would happily walk everywhere or just get a ride with someone to knowing absolutely no one and having to navigate public transport and things like that was actually quite challenging and of course I was 18 so I thought I knew it all
0: yeah
2: so that was yeah (laughs) the fact I survived it is
0: quite amazing I have to say that's amazing and the second thing I wanted to ask you was in regards to your passion interest in social justice how did you know that was it for you and also why do
2: you know I'm not entirely sure how I figured that out I just knew because originally I thought about doing law or acting because they're quite similar
1: (laughs) Um, Honestly, I'm so, (laughs) so glad you mentioned that because I do law yeah, and so does well. yeah. and we had a role play that I had to do for class the other day, and I was like, you know, this is so similar to acting because we were just there, and I was like, I should have just majored in acting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's am I my doing? backup or stand up comedy. There you yeah. go, <laughs>
2: absolutely. But I think I've always just had this innate need for things to be fair.
0: Yes. And
2: I'm not sure... I think I just read probably the curriculum for it and I realised I didn't want to be a psychologist. I didn't want to be a social worker. I wanted to be out in the community. Mm. So that's where I fell into it and realised
0: that's where I wanted to be. For me personally, that resonates with me so well because my reason for doing law was for that exact same reason and also my experience leaving from their corporate law firm background to where I'm in the public sector now, I'm getting involved more in the community is because I just want to help people, you know. It has to be fair. There's so many injustices that I've seen and I'm like, let me just help out where I can and how Absolutely. I can. Absolutely. Be part of the solution, people. Yeah. That's
1: definitely.
0: Fine.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I really want to know about your writing. When did you start writing? How did that become a thing you wanted to pursue? I can't remember
2: a time I didn't write. When I was a kid, I used to write all the time. And I learnt to read and write really young because my dad had dyslexia. And so he kind of didn't have much of an education. So my mum decided to rectify that by teaching him to read and write and me at the same time. And that was before I went to school. So I've always been a reader and a writer. And when I was a kid, I used to write my own stories and type them up and (laughs) illustrate them. And, And I was always reading. That was what I wanted to do. And I did actually have a cadetship with the local paper. But again, it was the local paper in a small country town and everyone left. So I thought, no, no, I need to get out of here. This is not where I'm meant to be. And I think it just fell by the wayside. I just, I didn't know anyone who was a writer. I didn't know any journalists. So I just kind of pursued a career where I might earn some money.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I did study creative writing at uni, mind you. That went nowhere. In my creative writing course at uni, the only thing I did really well in was a poem where I finished quoting Axel Rose. (laughs) It was like this heartbroken love story. And then it's like, I can't remember what were the two lines. They've been in my head for so long and now I've forgotten them. Oh, when Axel quite sweetly croons my thoughts, why don't you just beep off?
1: Oh, bless him. That's
0: Bless. <laughs> I loved creative writing in school Mm -hmm. I read so much romantic novels and a lot of vampires and werewolves I I was so
1: into vampires
0: I don't know why what's the thing I I had this obsession I I wanted my boyfriend to be a werewolf
1: I was always team Jacob Jacob. (laughs) I was always
2: team Charlie Bella's dad I'm like (laughs) what's wrong with you people going after the 16 year olds (laughs) My God, be age-appropriate. <laughs> well, obviously for me, it was very fitting. So I started taking some courses and getting involved again. A few years ago, I think I was at that crossroads where you think, what am I going to do with my life? And someone said to me, what did you want to be when you were a child? And so when I was a child, I wanted to be a writer. And I realised that's actually who I want to be. So I started taking some courses and getting involved again, both as a freelance writer in the journalism side, but also a creative writer. And I thought I was writing suspense and thrillers. Until a very well known Australian author, who's this gorgeous lady with little nana hair and glasses, she'd hate me for saying that, but she's so <laughs> sweet and lovely, and she said a very bad word and told me to get over myself, and I was writing a romance. And I'm going, right! My first reaction was what I think probably a lot of people do is like, romance to be ridiculous. Ridiculous. But she encouraged me to join the Romance Writers of Australia, which I did. And that's when I actually found my tribe. I don't think you meant to say tribe anymore, but they're my tribe. (laughs) And it was amazing. I suddenly realized that romance is actually everywhere and part of everything because love is what makes the world go round. You know, name a single movie where there's not a romantic element or a a book or, you know, anything. So I'm now proudly a romance writer. That's
0: amazing.
2: And absolutely embrace that. I don't know. I kind of feel that at the crux of everything I I do a storytelling, whether it's in my day job, working with people from a refugee background or telling other stories or creating my own stories, it's all interconnected.
1: I'll say when I was reading your submission, I was like, oh, she's working in the public sector and helping people and social justice by day, and then like a romance novelist by night. <laughs> it was like sort of like a superhero thing, and I was yes, like, oh, yes, it's so
0: exactly inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> glasses off, glasses off. I, I know, know, basically. That's amazing. I'm a hopeless romantic myself, and I love romance stories. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It's just something about the happy endings. What I wanted to ask you in regards to your work with Lush, I believe. So mm-hmm. you do like columns on there, or?
2: Yeah, so I'm a regular contributor to Blush which is an online magazine and it's purely for people who love romance. So it's romance readers and obviously writers yeah. as well. And it's the brainchild of Jackie Greek, who creates this on her kitchen table in Forbes bless her heart and she's also a romance writer and it is the greatest side hustle in the world because I get to speak to the most amazing authors all over the country all of my favorite writers I just get to fangirl all over them and I also get to learn a lot about podcasting which I wasn't really aware of now I love podcasting and books to movies and you know there's a million different things and I'm like well, what is this new platform or some way of being I just love it it's the best gig in the world
0: and you were talking about how at the beginning you didn't really know if writing was for you or being in the love list which I definitely think that you can do was for you what would you say to people that are listening that when they're like a bit lost with their goals or what they're trying to achieve with life what would you say to them
2: I think it's what are you passionate about what brings you joy because if it brings you joy then there's something in that to be explored and we all need to pay the bills doesn't necessarily mean that what you're passionate about what brings you joy will necessarily pay the bills in the beginning. You've got to do what you do to get there, but never give up on your dreams. Especially in this day and age of digital technology, there's so many ways you can achieve your dreams and to reach out to people. And what I've discovered in the writing community is they are the most generous, amazing people in the world. I find it amazing that people whose books I've read and just love, I can actually contact them directly and they'll happily give me advice or tell me what I need to do. And I think that's true in any field, really. When you find where you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing, there will be people along the way to help you, to mentor, uh, to guide, to give you advice, to tell you when you need to maybe have a rethink, but always follow your dreams. And if you're not sure what they are, just remember what you were dreaming about as a child.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I wanted to know, do you feel like your writing of romance feeds into your day job or the other way around? Or are they connected in any way?
2: Yes. So one of the stories I would love to write one day, well, actually, there's a lot of stories I'd like to write, but I'm really interested about the human experience. We all want love. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I've grown up in Australia, so I have this Western view of what love is. But imagining myself growing up in, say, a village in Afghanistan and having those challenges that are facing women there, but still wanting Love. I'm really interested in stories like that and one day I hope to tell them. But yeah, love is everywhere. Yay love.
0: <laughs> Yay
1: love. I feel like after this
2: you're
0: gonna be like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you sprinkle some rainbow. <laughs> yeah. I, absolutely. Like, I
1: feel like I'm gonna go home, resume writing, because I love writing but yes, also doing yeah. journalism as mm-hmm. well as law. But I find it so hard to like write while I'm still at uni and working yep. and keeping up with family and friends. And it's always just a thing I do during the holidays, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't think too much about it. But after this, I'm literally already so inspired to just go home. Absolutely, go <laughs> just, home. Go, just home. go write. Just go do yeah. it. It's
0: and I wanted to get your thoughts. Me and Sarah were talking earlier about how. When we were younger, we used to be crazy into reading. We used to read all the time. I used to be up late at night, two o'clock in the morning, my flashlight on my phone, Mm -hmm. just reading, and my mum would come and have me fake sleeping. (laughs) Because I I would love the books. But growing up, I feel like I don't do it much anymore because I'm preoccupied whatnot. But also, I've noticed in both of our younger siblings, they don't read. Yeah, no, they're just—it's really uh, so sad. It's sad. I've had my little sister ask me; and she's probably gonna kill me for putting this on here. Yeah. <laughs> and has uh, asked me to read a book for her and just to give her the summary. And I was like, "What?" Oh, Second yes. time is she asked me if there's a movie about it. Can I just watch it? I was yes. like, "Dude, seriously, That's read it. Like, working. read, learn. It's not yeah. that hard." What are your thoughts about that with the new generation? <laughs> I think. <laughs> look, it is tricky
2: because probably one of the reasons that I read so much when I was a kid is I didn't have iPads or the internet or or access to TV or that kind of thing so reading was my escape and I think in many ways it's a skill like anything else you need to learn it and once you start doing something you realise I mean, even if the internet goes down, the book is still there, people. And it's an escape. You know, you go to the most wonderful places and worlds when you read. And I really encourage everyone to give it a go. One of the ways I do it with my own children, I just buy them books.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And role model reading constantly. Yeah. Sorry, can't get dinner. I'm reading a book.
1: I love yeah. that
2: I love that No I do feed them I do feed
0: them <laughs> That too Yeah come again. No, you know, three hours later maybe
1: But we've got to finish The book first
0: That's wow I just wanted to ask you As well So obviously we know That you're a writer You're a dreamer you're an experienced enthusiast mm-hmm. and an awesome car vocalist. Yes. So I wanted to touch with you about a dreamer and also being a car vocalist. Mm. What are they both involved?
2: Well, they cross over a lot. Yeah. Because in my mind, I have been a rock star for as long as I can remember. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, yes, very much so. And particularly on long car trips, which is my to and from work. I like to have my own little mini concert and anyone passing me would see that because I'm very passionate. I love that. Belting yeah. it out.
1: That's the best, honestly. Absolutely it's
2: great stress relief. It's yeah. great therapy. I was just yeah. gonna say
1: it's, it's the best. Why pay when you can just
2: Absolutely. And I'm trying to think of the Netflix series where her husband died and she was trying to find the killer, but she's this straight laced real estate lady.
1: I know, that to me. I love yes, that death show. to me. And
2: then her stress relief is <laughs> yeah. like, like death metal. Literally. And everyone says to me, Oh my god, that's you. I'm like yeah,
1: it is. Yes, That's it is.
2: Cool. Yep.
0: Well, and um, in regards to dreaming, I know what I say is here that you're a daydreamer. you daydream mm, a lot. What oh, do you tend to so daydream about? It. Yes,
2: Everything, like being a rock star. But even just, I might hear something on the radio or have a conversation and that will get me thinking. One of the problems with being a daydreamer and a writer is there's about 48 characters in my head and worlds in my head where I would love to just write them all down, but I've got to focus on what I'm doing one at a time. I daydream about... The characters and the stories I want to tell, and travelling the world forever.
0: I agree. As a rock star. That's the dream. I would love that. And I Or was... with a
2: rock star. I'm happy to speak yeah. with a it... rock star. I don't mind.
0: That's so good. That's so good. And with regards to your dream to write and be a novelist, and whatnot, I wanted to ask you with people that are you listening right now that are aspiring to be writers as well, what kind of tips can you give them that have helped you?
2: First one's really basic write, just write. Right, right, right. The other ones are also very basic. Read. You must read. Writers read. Readers write. So they're the basic things. Then, if you want to, I guess learn a bit more about the craft and the structure, start looking for what will work for you. Whether it's there's a million online courses which are as shorter as long as you need them to be. There's also lots of face to face courses. Whether it's through a community college or if you wanted to do a course at university or whatever that is. I've done lots of them and I love them. Absolutely love them. That's where you meet other writers. That's where you meet people who are in the same boat as you, who are wondering how to fit it in, or, you know, just learning. What do you mean that's a passive passage? I don't understand. (laughs) Just trying to understand the mechanics of writing. So you do have all the time in the world. You don't have to achieve it overnight. I've kind of been following this dream quite in a focused way for the last five years, and I feel like I'm on the precipice now, looking down, just get the book published yay yeah but also writing for blush has taken me ages to find someone that I love writing for this magazine yeah and I love the content so it'll happen when it's meant to happen
1: so do you have any thoughts on how reading or writing can help cultures intersect
2: absolutely so the way that you keep a culture alive the way that you get culture to understand each other is through sharing stories So that's the best way. And you see this throughout history. You want to destroy a culture, you destroy their stories. You want to revive the culture, you share the stories. I mean, we live in a country where we have the oldest story-sharing people in the world, our Indigenous people. And language was actually created to record stories because before it was always just through speech. So stories, share our stories, listen to each other that's how we will get cultures to understand and intersect
0: being a mentor with the mentor program here Mm -hmm. i definitely see that because i've had the chance to share my story with my mentee learned so much from her with her storytelling and also a few of the other people that we have talked to on this podcast platform have also touched on about how important it is to share their stories whether it's through dance or singing or just speaking and just
1: you know Mm -hmm. communicating with each other so it's very powerful can you tell us more about your day job? I'm really interested to mm-hmm. learn what it is you do for the community. Mm, me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty sure somewhere i am going to go switch the hats. So my job as the program coordinator of the Refugee Youth Peer Mentoring Program is a really interesting one. I basically support the four locations that look after the RYPMP, which is... Liverpool, Fairfield, Wagga Wagga and Wollongong. So they're really diverse regions that have a whole lot of different challenges. It's about supporting the project officers, getting understanding of each location and each region and bringing that all together to be one cohesive program. An important aspect of my job is also to illustrate the importance and the impact this program is having on the lives of young people from a refugee background but also the mentors as well. Because as you say, that's the beauty of sharing and learning. It's ongoing learning no matter who you are and what your role is and I've learned so much doing this program I've always wanted to work in the refugee space so it was just a really great opportunity to bring my background and skills in project implementation to the table for the RYPMP. PMP
0: so yeah loving loving it and, and I get to meet great people like you (laughs) thank you thank you and it's been such a great opportunity for me and I'm so glad that I took it on for people that are listening that want to be a part of it what would you say to them what do they need to do what do they need to be able to bring to the table to be a mentor
2: time make the commitment. So it's a peer mentoring program. So that peer could mean a lot of things. It could mean peers in culture, it could mean peers in close in age, it could be a particular career path or life experience or an educational path. It might be someone that you want to just be able to talk to, practice your English skills or it could be anything. But basically if you have the time to give you're probably going to make a great mentor.
0: So I was talking to you and Sarah earlier about how, in my opinion, I think mentoring programs are great and I think they should be implemented in other aspects of our systems. But specifically within the juvenile justice system, I always thought that having a mentoring program in the earlier stages when young kids get introduced to the criminal justice system would be very effective. What do you say? But do you think, do you agree with that? Absolutely,
2: absolutely. I think for a lot of young people who kind of get involved in the criminal side of life they're not striking out their own deciding oh I'm going to do this bad thing it's the environment they're brought up in they don't have necessarily the role models that could help I guess talk through some other choices with them which is really sad so I think a mentor would be fantastic I think early on before young people become institutionalized in corrective services will be really great and there are a lot of people who would be supportive, I think, of that in the wider community.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get something happening with that, fingers crossed.
2: Yes, government, if you're listening, <laughs> please give <us> money. <laughs> we'll run a pilot for you.
0: Exactly, exactly. But that's what I mean. Like, I feel like there's so many people that are willing to help that just don't know how to help, you know, or there's no Absolutely. platforms to help. Going back to your interest with writing or whatnot and also just you in general, who were your personal heroes growing up, mm. writing wise, and just in life?
2: I don't know that growing up, I had heroes that have stood the test of time,
0: unfortunately.
2: <laughs> but I think it's anyone I've ever met who's a writer. Just I find them so inspiring and so giving of their time. Yeah, I so I've been blown away by the number of people who are just willing to give you advice or support, and I think the entire writing community is my my hero I have to be honest well you have the JK Rowling situation Mm -hmm. I mean obviously that's really inspiring oh locally I'm just trying to think of people I've met like Marion Lennox who's written oh my goodness well over probably 150 books by now I recently interviewed Claire Connolly and she has been writing professionally since 2014 and she's just released her 83rd book she writes hundred thousand words a month. It's wow, amazing. Can I say I know. Thank you. Oh, wow, that's incredible. But this morning I was speaking with Kate Forsyth, another amazing author, and she has a doctorate in fairy tales. She's the only person in Australia who currently has that. Mainly because most people don't know you can study it, and it's amazing. She is just such a wealth of knowledge, and her books are so incredible and so powerful. But one of the things she said about writing is you have to practice it every day and you then learn to write. And Claire Connelly says the same thing. If she doesn't write, it doesn't feel right. She feels out of balance. So you need to train yourself to be able to find five, ten minutes yeah. and then get faster at it, which is something I realised only recently I could do is I can fit in a lot of words if I just apply myself. I can't even remember what the question is because now I'm thinking Personal about theory. Theory tales. oh tales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Kate Forsyth definitely, to have a doctorate in fairy tales. And she was inspired as a child because she actually was in a terrible accident that had her in a coma for six weeks and had a whole lot of things happen where she was basically not able to interact with the world and she could relate a lot to the fairy tales of rapunzel and sleeping beauty i won't tell her story but to hear her story is quite amazing she didn't realize (laughs) at the time not until she was an adult but that has always haunted her imagination as she said and as a result she has gone on to write a whole series of amazing books that reimagine traditional fairy tales
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, oh, really, I really love good. love reading, even watching yeah. the reimaginations of old fairy tales. Yeah, so. absolutely. So many versions. The
2: first book of hers I ever read was actually based on a love story between a Nazi and a Jew, World War II, and it's based on, I can't remember the name of the fairy tale. But it's a famous fairy tale, believe me on that. Cool. This is why I'm not going to tell her story, because... I don't
0: know (laughs) Yeah, and I may be, like, jumping to the end here, but I just wanted to ask if, obviously, in your capacity writing for Blush, you interview so many different people Mm -hmm. from so many different backgrounds and also coordinating the RYPMP programs as well. You have access to such a diverse range of people. So with that being said, what does same, same, different mean to you?
2: Same, same, different means we all aspire to have love and want love in our lives so I guess that's we're all the same that way we all want love different is that it looks different for everyone but difference is not a bad thing it's a great thing and to be embraced and if we keep sharing our stories we're going to become much more okay with embracing difference
1: yeah hopefully it's
2: amazing hopefully. I just love love <laughs> I do too <laughs> you guys are so cute I love it <laughs> I feel yeah,
1: like we've
0: asked every question like I feel like I was going to ask favourite books, any favourite books. you've My favourite
2: book, yes, I do know the answer to this, in the whole world is To Kill a Mockingbird by Lee. It encapsulates everything I love about social justice and I think it stood the time in terms of society and the issues we still face are very similar to what Atticus
0: was fighting in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. So that is my absolute favourite. I've always started that book but never finished it but I feel oh, like amazing. I was never ready in my life, maybe at that mental space, to understand that book but... Mm-hmm i feel like maybe in a couple of more months yeah. <laughs> during the holidays, it's coming during out, the
2: holidays that's was gonna doing. be like on oh, my to-do list yeah, absolutely yeah. but apart from that pretty much every other book that's ever been written would come in second yeah because i love books I love and books. i read yeah. voraciously so
0: are you familiar yeah. with maya angelo it's one of my yes yeah. she's amazing so inspirational <laughs> yes
2: and I'm really lucky through my writing associates I meet a lot of people who then share their work with me which I have come across so many new writers and genres that i never would have explored before so I encourage everyone to read something different as well you never know what you'll find
1: do you have anything planned for the future from now to like five years time that's too long maybe in a year's time
2: <laughs> no five is good five is good i think that's achievable definitely want to be published as a novelist yes. that's definitely going to happen on the improbable side i'd love a major film company to option the rights to one of my books and or make me a lot of money from now. <laughs> yeah put it into the
0: universe it's going to happen yeah. now
2: so that and writing and i've just started developing workshops around writing oh, okay. um, to share so maybe doing a lot more of that But I also hope to still be involved and indulging my need for social justice. So I'd say in five years' time, we'd be finalising our report, Harshi, on our pilot program into mentoring (laughs) young people in the juvenile justice
0: system. So that will will be great. (laughs) I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I hope to just keep doing what I'm doing and discovering. New adventures and just going after them. so us like when that.
1: you do those workshops or we'll bring our little yeah. siblings. Yeah, get them Absolutely. to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that will <laughs> actually get them to read something. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: No,
0: wow. Reading is wonderful. And this is a curious one, but what do you think in the future with the reading? I feel like nowadays we have Audible, we have yeah. Amazon, all these platforms. What do you think can happen in the future with
2: reading? Oh, goodness. Anything and everything. I don't think it really matters the platforms or the ways that we read as long as we read. You know, books are never going to go out of fashion. Just like even though we have elevators, there's still going to be stairs. Uh, So that's just the way it is. But the way people access the things they want to read, I think the more ways we can do that, the better. And let's not forget our libraries, people.
1: Libraries are the best. Yeah,
2: absolutely. They're the best place if you want to read and don't have any more space
1: on your bookshelves at home like me. Uh-huh. Half of them are like unread, like I'll start a book and then I'm like, yeah, I have to finish that later. Do I have time now and put it back? And it just never pick it up again? Mm. It's just it's yeah, a struggle
0: same problem for me at the moment yeah.
1: I don't know why I don't know
0: what's going on but I start a book and I just can't finish it and then in the meantime I'm doing something else and i find another book I find interesting i yeah. I start that too hopefully I'll get all of those done soon the so worst is when you turn. have
1: so many unread books in your bookshelf or you just started the book and you left it and then you go yeah. out to buy more yeah, books yeah like who do you yeah. think you are <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no, <laughs>
2: what are you doing <laughs> yeah, that's okay it's my okay, to be read you. pile <laughs> is about 70 <laughs> and I just keep adding to it okay. and then the way I deal with that when I feel like this is out of control as I just start reading on Kindle <laughs>
0: quieting, you can't see it and purchases. inspiration yeah yeah, yeah. And no one
2: can see them
1: if they yeah. on the computer yeah.
0: and you know what I feel better because if you're saying it's okay it's yeah. definitely okay Honestly, and you're the absolutely. one that loves I reading and writing so
1: inspired today I'm going to live by all your words oh, that's God. it
2: <laughs> <laughs> well just write 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 that's all I can say awesome. keep writing
1: just letting you know once you get your books published we're going to be the first yes, readers number one fans right here you. that's
2: it I'll invite you all to the launch which will be enormous and and probably send me bankrupt because no one's going to bankroll it for (laughs) me but you only get to launch your debut novel once so
0: exactly thank you so much Tanya for being here with us sharing your story thank you for having me anything else you would want to say to people listening
2: look love really does make the world go round and we all become kinder when we love Mm -hmm. and share our stories so keep sharing Mm -hmm. keep loving Mm Love costs you nothing. And kindness
0: costs nothing as well. Exactly. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thanks for having me. To find out more, visit wsmrc.org.au forward slash
1: same. Hey, Hashi, did you know that this podcast is actually funded by the Multicultural New South Wales? no I
0: did not know but yeah. did
1: you know that- I just found out <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you also know that Audio Technica has funded much of this podcast as well
1: no I did not thank
0: you so much for letting me know yes and thank you Audio Technica and Multicultural New South Wales for helping us bring the stories of the West and Sydney to the world